there and welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree, and we will tell you all about them later. But for right now, I am joined, as always, by uh, the whirlwind of the internet, Games Boss at Giant Space Capriano. Wu. How you doing, Bray? Your face, that time of year is finally here when I put you in your place. Man, I'll keep your car. What's that too far? I'll put sugar in your tank. Yeah, I'm here. I'm ready for isometric season. It's the reason. Are, are you the reason for the isometric season? Is that, is it's, that... it's the isometric oh. season. This is the most wonderful time of year, Steve Lubin. That doesn't mean that they're allowed to hunt is. isometrics, right? Because that would be bad. What? You know, like isometric season, like duck season, rabbit season. It's a season of joy, Steve Lubin. It's a season <laughs> of sacred joy. We, we need, like, you know, holiday songs <laughs> written about us. We do. Come on, Jonathan Mann. We yeah. should have Jonathan Mann on the show. Jonathan Mann, all, all of our listeners out there to tweet Jonathan Mann and go, like, come on, it's been, like, a year since you've been. Yeah, yeah where's our song? Come on. Come on. <laughs> what, get what? around to it. Have him on to sing Christmas carols or, or Hanukkah carols. He should come yeah. to my house and sing. Yeah. Just drive just drive up to and serenade you? Is that is that what you're looking he for? He should. He should. <laughs> I feel like I'm worth it. Oh, you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh we all we also have uh editor at the Mary Sue Manny Myers. How you doing, Manny? I'm doing pretty good, Steve. Pretty chill. Pretty chill here in Maddie Town. Are you ready for isometric season? I'm I'm ready for isometric season. Have you hung your pandas from the ceiling and Oh my god, that's a terrifying image. <laughs> As usual, Steve Lubitz busting out a terrifying panda related image that just throws me for a loop. And I just what can I say, Steve? Yes, I have. Pandas are people. You can't treat They're them. They're actually like bears, not people. They're real bears. <laughs> And we also have psychotherapist and uh, senior editor at imore.com and panda person advocate, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia? I think I'm getting better at that. No, Is it just me? No, it just me? I, I think you need to invite Renee over to like shadow getting, voice you. I think it's yeah. getting better. No. I think I'm, no. I think I'm improving in a skill. No, no. Okay, okay. Tell me honestly. Okay, I'm going to do it and then Georgia will do it. I said, Georgia, will you do it one more time? Okay, okay. For me, fear me. Mine's so much better. You sound more wraith-like, Brie. <laughs> Mine sounds more what? Wraith, more wraith-like. <laughs> wraith. Yes. Th- okay. Wraith. Like with a W okay. at the beginning. Yeah, with a W at the beginning and a TH at the end. Okay. Brianna Wraith. I speak words real All good right. today. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Georgia, I think I'm scarier than you are. <laughs> no. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find uh, out. Uh, people oh, are I... very afraid of Georgia all over yeah, the world. Yeah, I guess that's true. I've never killed people like Georgia has. <laughs> Georgia hasn't killed any people, in fairness. She's only killed orcs. Shh. I read those incriminating we documents. Don't talk about... yeah. We don't talk about that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Georgia, can I congratulate Canada for your cabinet <laughs> under Trudeau? Oh, I'm very oh proud God. of you. Is he like, he's like, he's like actually cause, creating the Star Trek universe now. He has equal number of men and women on his ministry, on his cabinet. Plus, he has people of various diverse ethnicities. He has someone that has visual impairment and someone that is, I believe, quadriplegic. And and a Sikh as well, I saw today. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, he's the Ministry of Defense. He's like the most awesome person ever. And everyone that's in 
like the person of science actually is a scientist and the person of agriculture is actually a farmer and the person of transport is astri- actually an astronaut. So, Whoa. like, could you get any more into transport? That's awesome. Like, you actually hired people. I'm so, so but awesome. I do have to ask you this, Georgia. So this is what I didn't understand about the cabinet picture that came out because, like, there was this viral picture that was all over Twitter of, uh, you know, the new Canadian cabinet minister. So you have a whole bunch of people, like 50-50 men and women wearing black and then this one woman on the front row is wearing the most <laughs> red suit ever and i don't know anything about her but i love her that is that is awesome like what what do you think happened was there like a a memo that said please wear black and she showed up in red i think she's like you guys yeah she's like yes you guys all show up in red and she's like i'm gaming you she she came everyone else was in black and she's like there we go i'm gonna stand out and everyone's gonna notice me she and they're yeah i'm pretty i'm actually really excited i'm really excited about what could be so you're making room in your basement for us, right? Because we're we're gonna have to move up to Canada oh, now. Canada's so has it going on. So who knows? I don't know if Canada's he ready actually... for free though. So I, I think Canada <laughs> I, might I have to have to build up I think their defenses. Canada would a little embrace Brie, please. Come on, I'm the most Canadian of everyone. Asymmetric. <laughs> <laughs> She is. She's so Canadian. She's like dripping in maple. I, I could see you driving an, she, I, a truck she, over the frozen ice, though. I could see that. She sweats maple. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. I've seen Rob Ford, so yeah. I think I'll. I think I'll be fine. I think I'll be fine. Uh, uh, we, we have to erase that part. Let's not. All right. We should go on to. Yeah, games. we should talk about video I, games. Okay. Yeah. So we, well, we have uh, big news about uh, George's all-time favorite video game. So what? I know what? I can't believe we actually get to talk about it on the show. I'm so excited. Dude, George has been waiting like, 80 episodes so to ridiculous. talk about Candy Crush legitimately and not have us shut her down. Can. So, right. I love it. so Activision love it. has bought King for five point nine billion dollars. And I feel like I I need I almost like I'm not going to because I won't subject you to it. I feel like I need to do like a Austin Powers, like Dr. Evil thing when I'm talking about numbers that big. Oh, you have to say that. Five point nine. Do that again. Wait. Five point nine billion dollars. <laughs> That's horrible. Do it again. Billion. <laughs> Bree, yes. Bree, do do it. Do I it. don't do impressions. I'm really I glad do that I haven't yeah. been asked to do it because I would say no, Georgia, and yeah. I hope you know would you that. Say no? I, will I would say, say no. no to me. I will also if I said it really sweetly, mm. no. No. I'd consider Please. it. Yeah. Your, your charms have been But my, although I share a last name <laughs> with Mike Myers, we have nothing else in common. Uh, uh, which Mike Myers? The one who played Doctor Evil, not not, not, okay. not the, ones the other the guy. Movies. The other guy, uh, maybe uh, you know, you never know. Uh, mm. So uh, this is kind of you know, it's a ridiculous amount of money. Clearly, and Disney, when Disney bought Lucasfilm to acquire, you know, Star Wars. Basically, they only spent four billion on that. So this is, uh, it's it's just kind of a mind-boggling number. And so the so Georgia, how as you, as a um an avid consumer of of Candy, Candy Crush, Crush, who has, Crush who has contributed zero dollars <laughs> towards that five point nine billion valuation, uh, how do you feel about about this deal and Activision being the new steward of uh, your all time favorite video game? You know what? It's always a really horrible thing when someone takes over something that you love because you're, you're I'm always wondering what's going to happen, what's going to change, what are they going to do with it? Are we going to go the same way as National Geographic and we're going to lose 10% of everything that we're playing with? It's it so it becomes really difficult. I I hope that they just keep it exactly the same and they don't try to like I don't know how they could super gamify Candy Crush. It's already so very gamified. 
um, or make, you know, more small transactions here or there to try to squeeze more out of it. Uh, so I hope that they leave it the same. It already works and don't change whoever is uh, in charge of dealing with the graphics and the gameplay. So, you know, but I, I'm always sad when there's an acquisition because often that only makes things worse. It's all bad. Is yeah. that what you're saying? <laughs> so it's all bad and terrible and everything's going to hell. Is that it's it? a worry. It's it's just a worry. Like, I don't know what's going to change. It's a simple. What's something that you game? think might change, though, like about Candy Crush that would fundamentally destroy it for you? I would assume that it would be more transactions. The game would become infinitely more difficult so that it would force you into right, right. having to buy more things. Um, ads in the middle of the game play. Isn't that already what Candy Crush <laughs> You actually don't have to. You don't have to buy things. You don't have to. You can pass the levels. Every level can be passed without buying anything. People are just impatient, and when they 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 make it so that you can pass a whole bunch of levels, and then you come to one that's really difficult, and then you'll end up with feeling really frustrated, and then you're going to want to go back to passing things really quickly, and so you're going to spend money in order to do that. But you don't have to. So, Bree, you talked to Bloomberg about this. Uh, this yep. week. So what are yep. your what were your reactions to Activision making this deal and, and why now of, of all times? Well, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, you might might tweet talking about uh, comparing the, the sale of King to, you know, LucasArts went pretty viral. And a lot of people, I think, unfairly assumed King was overvalued. I think the way to read that is Star Trek, uh, Star Wars was drastically undervalued in that deal. Um, look, you know, uh, King made about $600 million of operating uh, profit last year. That's a very healthy profit. It's actually more than the, the Star Wars franchise made. Um, and, you know, being bought by Activision, this actually makes a whole lot of sense. You know, Activision very famously has their annualization strategy. Um, if you look at the console market overall, we're clearly moving away from consoles being that important. Uh, you know, mobile is increasingly where the money is. Um, you know, so the quote I gave Bloomberg, and I really stand by this, is, you know, there's a lot of money to be made by taking women seriously. And Activision is a company that's very serious about making money. Um, you know, this is... Um, you know, then simply, you know, a few years ago, the Call of Duty market was really the core place of where all the cash was. I think now it's in mobile. And, you know, Georgia, I think you and I would really agree on this. Candy Crush has never, ever, ever gotten enough credit for being as great a game design as it is. Um, it, it is a really phenomenal game. And, you know, I, I mm -hmm. think that there's this, this unconscious disdain that I've seen for it constantly in the press and, you know, from game journalists I've seen that are just furious about this. And I think it's nothing more than sexism. I think that, you know, Georgia, if Georgia likes Candy Crush and cares about that as much as Maddie cares about Street Fighter. And, you know, by the way, Georgia, like I've seen how many Candy Crush levels she's beaten. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. You have a problem. Um, you know, you know, that is that somehow is seen as like a lesser market, even though, you know, Georgia's money is just as green or whatever color the money is in Canada is the Call of Duty Brown. Okay. Multicolored. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it's a, a move that makes a lot of sense. And I think um, I think it does speak to the growing insignificance of the consoles. You know, my own company, we don't I mean, we might move again to console eventually, but it's not really our focus because we're skating where the puck is going to be. 
Yeah, and I think that I mean I've certainly been guilty of this in the past. Is you know there there's a lot of focus on the way that Candy Crush makes money to the that you can kind of project onto the people who play it unfairly because it it seems like it's kind of manipulative in the way that it tries to get you to spend money in some instances that you know some people have have kind of thought that people who are playing Candy Crush have been tricked into spending money but at the end of the day that that only lasts for so long because eventually a game like this you know people know what it is right it's like it's like are you being tricked into it if you go to vegas and you drop 50 dollars into a slot machine you're not you know what you're doing with that i mean obviously gambling addiction is a thing and that's that's something different but for you know somebody who's responsibly going into into a con into a casino with 50 dollars in their pocket and they drop it in a slot machine they're not being tricked into that they're going in and spending that money and they're they're getting entertainment out of it so there's nothing wrong with that um, I, the, the other thing that I thought was interesting is that Activision was very uh, against going into mobile until Hearthstone came around and started making the money hand over fist with a, a free to play model and showed them that they can be successful in mobile and that that's something that they where they should be. Um, Wait a second, yeah. Steve. Did you just did you just take my Candy Crush story and make it a Hearthstone story? I totally story? did. That was masterful. <laughs> that was masterful. I saw how you did that. You were just no, master I, stroke. You couldn't. You couldn't take Candy Crush. You couldn't take Candy Crush having its own segment. Okay, go for it. Go for it. That's it. That's it. But but I mean that's that's something that they've avoided for all this time because I mean EA you know bought PopCap and and you know one would say you could argue that they you know were did had a negative effect on PopCap's out output because I mean. They Plants vs. Zombies 2 is not Plants vs. Zombies, and the games that they've released since the acquisition have been much more geared toward uh, microtransactions and not as much towards what made PopCap games good. But I yeah. think that Activision has realized that they can make money uh, on the App Store and in a way that they are used to making money, and that King kind of fits with that. Well, thank God for Hearthstone. I know. <laughs> See? You should, be, you should be thankful for Hearthstone. So can I tell you guys about the 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 person on the Candy Crush team that I met in France and um yeah I don't know him super well but we worked a bunch uh, in a work group and we were uh, judging the IGA awards and you're just trying most... to make me jealous now no 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 it's he's a very funny character because you know he is um you know, wears super expensive suits everywhere he just truly does not give an f. He just does it. He does it. And he will just fly wherever. <laughs> he doesn't care. So he's already someone I know that like exuded the the manner of someone that has a lot of money. And you know, like I ran into him like at uh you know Oculus this year. He's got his posse in tow. And I can't <laughs> wait for the next time I see him. Like, is he gonna be like just like throwing out hundred dollar bills as he's walking along. Like, is it, is he going to build a pyramid? I mean, what's going to happen next for the candy crush? Maybe he'll get himself a legit crown and just wear that around. He should do that. He is the candy King. (laughs) He's the candy King. He deserves that crown. Yeah. I should. I don't know. I should suck up to him. Give him (laughs) attitude every time I see it. Like you might get a crown out of the deal. I hear they're giving out crowns over there. I haven't forgotten. He liked the game make it rain which i thought was crap in our, our our judging so you know maybe i don't know well maybe you need I to get that, that a second try now no is that what i think it is that game that we're talking yeah, about it's make okay it rain? so you you have a dollar oh, we shouldn't give it an ad on the show for free but oh, there's God. like a dollar bill and you just like swipe it out on your phone like um if you were in a you know a place of ill repute yeah, yeah. a place where of uh, ill repute yes um <laughs> 
so yeah, that's, that's all it game. is. That's he loves game. that game, and he I'm loves like, that game. I like, dude, you know something I don't. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, so what about the some of the analysis that's been coming out that Activision is kind of buying King at the peak and they're overpaying? I mean, is that you know, despite the fact that Candy Crush is one of the most successful games in the App Store, they haven't been able to replicate that quite as well. Candy Crush Soda is actually pretty good. Oh, it's excellent. Yeah, it's, it's, excellent. it's very popular as well. Right, but outside outside of the the two Candy Crush games, I'm saying. Okay, and and that's been not not so much my opinion as much because I haven't really. I mean, Maureen's played a bunch of these games. I haven't really played them myself, but um, but that what a lot of the the industry analysts were looking at were saying that they've kind of peaked and their users are starting to drop and they may not have another game like Candy Crush in the pipeline. I mean, is that is that a concern? For well, that's deal. exactly what they said when COD, you know, was kind of, uh, you know, it rose up to this kind of prominence. And, you know, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But, uh, you know, it's certainly like when I think about power players on mobile, I don't think about Activision even remotely. Yeah. So I think it gives it a base of operations. And, you know, from there, when they see, you know, young games coming up that seem to show this kind of promise, like they've got a distribution model, they have a, a built-in customer base. And I, you know, my now from you know what I saw looking at the financials, I don't agree with that assessment. I there's there's risk with any kind of acquisition, but yeah. I, I I don't this doesn't seem like undue risk to me. And I, I think that you know it's hard to I, I haven't seen a lot of people really talk about where Activision is in this, right? Because Activision has a lot of presence on consoles. You know, consoles are becoming less and less and less important. When VR and AR come out, that's going to fragment the market even further. You know, we're already moving away from mobile. We saw what happened, I, moving to mobile. We saw it happen with Konami, uh, basically saying that, you know, mobile is their number one priority and stuff, um, consoles from now on. And, you know, I think it's worth looking at that and saying, like, if Activision doesn't try something while they're in a position to make really bold moves, it's easy to imagine them um, not really being relevant 10, 15 years from now. So I, I think this is um, I, I think it's a bold move. I support it. Yeah. And I, I think that this is this is one of those types of games where people that are comfortable with it, it's kind of like Facebook. They just go back to it and they will continue playing. And because there's new levels, there's always new game in order to play. And they're really smart in that after a while, then they give you free things. And then you can play to become like the Candy King or climb up the cake. And so then they give you little bonuses that you can enjoy doing. And so, which is a good thing. These are all good things. Um and so it increases the playability versus, you know, buying a game where, you know, you've played the levels and you're done with it. This game, you know, the people that use the game continue to use it. And so there's this income that will always be coming in. And that could last for years. Yeah, I yeah. think that's well said. Yeah. And it's clear that that's the direction that Activision is moving into. I mean, if you look at the games that have been driving their their results, they've not been games that are coming out with sequels every year anymore. It's It's Destiny, which they've committed to a 10-year plan and they're expanding it's and it's uh you know the blizzard games it's hearthstone and heroes of the storm where they're just going to keep adding content to it and then store uh, selling it that way so it definitely makes sense in terms of that model that they would want to be able to expand even further in mobile with a with a uh, proven platform since it's impossible uh, not impossible nintendo's certainly trying but it's very difficult to get your foot in the door at this point with a brand new ip it makes a lot of sense to kind of buy into that and then expand it from there yeah 
Okay. I think that's well said. All right. Um, so any, anything else? Georgia, this is your time. So if you have anything else you want to say about <laughs> Yeah, Cambridge. none of the rest of us are experts on this, Georgia. So, this, you is, know. this is your moment. So if you have anything else to say. My only worry is they shouldn't mess with something that's already working. Don't break what isn't broken. Don't get greedy. The phrase is, if it ain't broke, Georgia. Do you know? If it ain't broke. <laughs> are, are you too well-spoken well. to say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? That's... <laughs> If it know, isn't I, broken. I, I don't know if we say it like that again. <laughs> Wait, is that so true? Other Canadians can let me know. Okay. I don't know. If, I don't think that we say, I, maybe we do. I don't, I don't know. Wait, is your problem with the phrase or is your problem with the word ain't? I, I don't think I use, I don't, I just don't. I no, Sorry, I, mean, I didn't mean to interrupt, interrupt you. Do your thing. Do no, your no, thing. no. That, that was, that was all I have to say on that one. <laughs> Okay. I, I think I would Don't. I would say this on it. Um, you know, Georgia, I think your your worries about this affecting their game quality are very well founded. Um, you know, I have on occasion talked about my love of Peckle on yeah. the show. Not very Maybe often. once or twice. Maybe once or twice. Um, and honestly, like I'm not someone that is angry or scared of the big game corporations like Ubi or EA or Activision. Um, I'm not like my friends work there. I think a lot of the times people don't understand the, the, the commitment that comes to making an enterprise that big run. Um, so I, when EA, you know, purchased PopCap, I kind of tried to keep um, a, an open mind about that. And it is factual that they've destroyed their games within app purchases. And they are some of my favorite games were pop pop cap games were some of my favorite games. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. They've stopped doing hidden object games as much as they used to. You yeah, know, Peckle Blast. Think... I love it. I love yes. Peckle Blast, but it is it is really damaged by um you know the in-app purchases that are are in that game. And the same thing with Plants and Zombies too. So yeah, not I, as good of a game. Yeah, I, I guess I would say this that it's hard to you have a game like Candy Crush. You can't really corrupt the purity of that formula. <laughs> so I don't think there's anywhere lower to go. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, know. I guess you could look at what, how they've been a steward of Blizzard since that merger, too. And they've, they've let Blizzard still be its own thing. And the, the free to play games that they've made with Blizzard are probably some of the more, you know, more. I don't want to use the word fair, but I can't think of a better one. But. Uh, more fair in-app purchase models as far as free-to-play games go. So I, 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 I wouldn't. I'm actually less worried about King with Activision owning them than I would if they if they did start losing users and start losing revenue and they had to start you know trying to do more and more desperate things in order to continue to survive. If that makes you feel better, <laughs> sounds pretty I, ominous. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think King more and more desperate fun. things, such as. I, <laughs> I, I don't Georgia. know. I don't know. Oh. Sending electric shocks through your phone to, until you spend money. I don't know what they would do. Making it rain games. <laughs> I, like I like a... literally rain. Like it actually starts raining outside if you don't play. I, I think there is a way that they could have synergy with what King is doing because these are these are two companies that seem like a good cultural fit. Um, you know, I have people that work on the um, the data side at Activision and you know, these are very, very smart women. That uh, you know, they sit there and they look over all the data that gets aggregated when you play Activision games, and figure out who's playing it, what your income is, you know, all all these really interesting facts. And you know, like I, I think there's a lot of synergy here, and I I do think it could actually make King games better. 
So, you know, let's see where it goes. It make Activision's games better, too, because if King's good at one thing, it's it's collecting data and understanding how to improve a playing experience yep. and to make it more compelling. So, yeah, can make all all of Activision's games better, too. All right, so let's let's take a break and tell you that this episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree, which is code for easy online payments. If you are a mobile app developer, you should check out Braintree. They're the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. And Braintree has made the payment experiences in those apps seamless and magical. And you can go ahead and add the similar experience to your own app. Uh, they have excellent customer service and simple integration, and they get you ready to receive payments quickly. Um, and they, their continuous support means that you will be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Uh, Braintree is also helping to solve the problem of mobile card abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience that you can bring into your own app. They give you a full-stack payment solution. They support any type of payment that your customers might want, PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, credit cards, anything that you can think of probably they support, all with a single integration that comes with you across all platforms. And they have superior fraud protection, fantastic customer service, and they pay very quickly. So to learn more and to get your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, fee go to BraintreePayments.com slash isometric. And thank you so much to Braintree for sponsoring this show and all of Relay FM. You know, that's, Braintree. that's actually how uh, Activision paid for King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the it's, first it's dollar to well your known. billion. That's it's right there billion. in the ad. So it was just yeah. five. Billy, yeah. they that's the way that they did it. It was quick and yeah. easy. Are okay, we yeah. allowed to say that? Like, are we allowed to reveal that? I should, I should say. <laughs> well, it's a little bit of a secret, but our mm -hmm. listeners, mm -hmm. because they support us, we can tell them that. Yeah, that's a true story. Yes. You know, we, story. we want to be honest with our listeners and share with them. We would never lie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Speak, yeah. It's true. Just quotes. look at the panda hanging from my ceiling, and I would never lie, you know, with that hanging over my head, literally. <laughs> Steve, before we go on to our next topic, uh, I forgot to say something at the start of the show. Um, so I, you know, we had uh, we had technical difficulties last week, which is uh, why we didn't um, do this on last week's show. But there, there was something I wanted to, um, I, I meant to address at the start of the show. I got some feedback from our show two weeks ago where I kind of opened the the show with a joke about, um, well, that's my slave name. And, you know, this is, it was an, a reference to the X-Men movie. I think it was X-Men 2. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's one of these things that, you know, I, I wanted to apologize to isometric listeners about it. Because it's one of those things that towards the end of the show, I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of a, a it's, it's just not the best joke in the world, right? It's a little bit insensitive um, to kind of, you know, especially as a white person, to kind of co-opt the language of slavery and to kind of make a flippant remark about it. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to say sorry about that. Um, I think all of us are trying to do better at these kinds of things, and it's not something I will do again. So thank you for keeping me honest, all the isometric listeners that wrote me. Good on you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. All right, so let's uh, so let's go on to talk about this survey that came out that Pew uh, Research revealed. It was a survey on what um, research? Pew Research. P e w. P e w. Have you never heard? It's like a yeah. They're I don't they're know. a big thing. They're in always the, doing studies, they, Georgia. They do a lot of political polls and stuff, and just reminds me of Pepe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's actually spelled the same way. They actually have a man dress up in a skunk to conduct the surveys. That would be really great. <laughs> I'd be more interested in responding. 
Uh, so they conduct a lot of phone surveys, and they did one on um, on digital ownership. And so, so Maddie, you wrote about this for the Mary Sue. You want to talk about this? Uh, why this this survey was so um, so important and newsworthy? So this survey is essentially saying something that I feel like we all already know, which is that women outnumber men in terms of console game ownership. And that's not weird to me because I know a whole lot of women who own game consoles and I feel like I exist in this world where it isn't weird for women to play games and yet I somehow keep meeting people, men, who think it is weird that women play games. But anyway, so I wrote a very sarcastic article about this statistic that was revealed by the Pew Research Center because the Mary Sue lets me be as sarcastic as I want and that's why it's a great job. Anyway, it's, it, there's some pretty cool statistics about um, the the racial and ethnic breakdowns as well. Like 43% of, of black families in America own a console and 45% of Hispanic families own one and only 39% of white families. Um, and I don't have the ability to like cross-reference that with actual numbers because I'm not good enough at math to like figure out exactly how many families that is. But somebody who is good at math can, can write into the show and let me know how many people that is. But... Um, we all know that there's different types of people playing games, and I feel like we spend a lot of time saying that on the show, but it's kind of nice to have hard numbers every once in a while just to be like, well, yeah, of course, there's more people. Yeah. So I thought I saw, uh, you know, Adi, uh, I'm sorry, Adi Robertson uh, put out a really interesting counterpiece to this on the, the Verge this week. And, you know, what I really appreciate about her, you know, I've, I've, I've done interviews with her for, for pieces she's written in the past. She is... She is a reporter's reporter, and she's someone that I really hold at the um, the top, like in my top regard as far as uh, tech journalists in the field. And you know, she really went through these these numbers and looked at their data and wrote what I thought was a very fair piece, kind of saying like, "Look, you know, let's take a beat, let's look at the data, and you know, it's factual to say this does not." conclusively prove that like more women than men own consoles. And she went through the study. We'll link to the piece. You can read it to kind of look through all the data. Her takeaway, which seemed very, very credible to me was um, it's certainly true that women own a lot of consoles, uh, whether it's more or less is not something we can't say for sure at this point, uh, more studies need to be done, but it's certainly a very important, you know, point to start talking about this. And I, I, I appreciated the fairness that she brought to that because, you know, she's someone, she, she gets the diversity thing, right? Like she, she understands this stuff. So I just, I feel like it's factual to kind of point to that counterpiece. Yeah. 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 It's probably better than mine. I, I don't, I don't know anything about statistics. So I, I always like it when somebody who does know more about that sort of thing than I do is, is there to point that stuff out. I mean, you know, I just, write jokes on the internet so <laughs> that's my job is finding excellent gifts to illustrate a piece with um but but you know there there are other people who are paid to do the the investigative work that the mary sue doesn't do and has never advertised itself as doing i don't think yeah. that's your core competency maddie um i i guess i would say this you know invariably because i tweeted about this too and invariably, I'm sure you got this from your piece too, Maddie. I got all the game bros 
tweet me, write me emails saying like, oh, it doesn't count because mm-hmm. A, B, and C. Oh, well, it's not yeah. counting, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, how many times are we going to do this? You know, they said that women are only mobile gamers or we, mm-hmm. we barely play games. And the stats came out and we're, we are factually between 46 and 52% by any number of studies. They say, oh, women are just playing those casual phone games. And then another study comes out that shows conclusively that more women than men play PC games. And then this comes out that says, you know, not conclusively, but certainly seems to indicate that certainly a very, very large more in the study, but, you know, somewhere a large number of women, a large number of women own consoles. So what are they going to do next? What is the the false thing they're going to tell us next? So women playing games doesn't count. It says that they own the consoles. It doesn't say they use them. Exactly. And women have been known to just purchase things and leave them lying around because women are terrible with money. We all know that. So (laughs) that's probably what it is. Uh. <laughs> they were the one counterpoint. I think Audie had this in her in her um, piece too. Was that it wasn't asking specifically anything beyond do you own, implying do you have one in the house? But I mean, and you know, I I work my day job is in business intelligence, which basically means that my job is to collect data and save business people from making bad decisions off of bad assumptions. So I, you know, my thought like too. That. My thought too was to go look at the actual study as opposed to just the write ups because I don't I don't necessarily trust numbers either when they're when they're boiled down. I like to see what's behind it. And I mean you could you could shoot some holes in that theoretically, but it's a matter that it's as long as you're not basing everything on one study, it's a matter mm-hmm. of the number of studies that all are saying the same thing that have different methodologies that are all agreeing. And that's what's important. I mean, you could probably you could look at any individual study and say, OK, well, this is a Pew Research study. So they're calling people up. So who are the people who are bored enough to answer the phone right, right, and say, yeah. I, yes, I have 20 minutes to take a phone survey. You could say that. But at the end of the day, it's study after study after study after study that are saying the same thing with different methodologies. And that's where you really need to look at. It's just one more data point that's pointing towards a conclusion that makes sense when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. I I guess what I don't understand, and Maddie, maybe you can help me out with this, but uh, when do all the feminists get together and go to all the the men's house and take their PS4 and smash them with axes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am like super waiting on my invite for that because I'm really looking forward to that day whenever yeah. it's time to do that right um and and like destroying all games and stuff because that's what i'm all about so i don't know i don't know where where that card is but uh yeah i'm waiting on it um i don't know to see what we can but you no, do it theatrically just, right like you reenact the scene from office space oh when you're yeah, doing it. yeah it's yeah. gonna yeah. be broadcast worldwide <laughs> because it's gonna because you know the matriarchy has control of all news media so we're gonna we're gonna like tap into tvs and, and phones everywhere and and show video games being destroyed once and for all but but first we have to to own the consoles in order to understand what we're up against. <laughs> like that's the yeah. real reason that women are playing games. I think is, is just to like prove everybody wrong. It's a really long con. It's research. Yeah. 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 It's a really long con. Um, but it's going to pay off. It is going to pay off. Don't, I can't reveal the end of the con though. 
It's destroying all games. Is that the part where having launched a game company to make video games, like I I closed my company and then write off all that money on my taxes that I spent at my company from destroying all video games? Is that the long con? I think so. Now I understand. Is yeah. it where my entire career and all the skills I've built over my entire career to work in the field and all the connections where that career goes away? Is that is that the long con? We do know how like, dedicated you are, Brie. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the long con definitely involves you secretly hating all of those things and, and only appearing to be passionate about them, but but actually secretly really strongly disliking games and just elaborately pretending yep, that, they're, that they're a passion of yours. <laughs> Isometric is like a, what, 79-episode con? at this point so yeah yeah you have to be dedicated and like by extension our lives are (laughs) yeah like our life experiences are are also an elaborate con on male gamers everywhere i I do appreciate you putting all that time into mastering peggle you know towards to put (laughs) towards this goal yeah yeah because you know i I imagine that must have been very difficult for you to spend all that time when you could have been doing something else more nothing gives you hardcore gamer crowd like peggle steve lubin (laughs) (laughs) but like for real though what motivation why is anybody ever so convinced that women don't really play games like what is their actual end goal for i don't for that i don't think that they're 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 convinced that women don't play games I think that it's almost the same thing that happens as with when we tried to figure out, um, you know, what is language. And they kept on changing what the criteria was so that we Mm. humans ended up superior to anything else. And so it started off with women don't play games at all. And then when they found out that they play like little tiny games like the farming game that was really popular on Facebook, then it was like, well, they don't play real games. And then when they were like, oh, well, then they play like, you know, games on the phone. Well, phones aren't a console and it's only console games that count. And then it was more violent games and then it was games that take a lot of skill or difficulty or a huge learning curve. And so we it's our ex- own meaning of wanting to be elitism. Mm. Yeah. It's and about that feeling of a threat. tribal identity, right? Yes, like definitely. it's about in group and out group. So. Yeah. 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 And, it, yeah. and it, I, well, I haven't told you about all about this, but it apparently it starts at least at eight because we had an issue with my oldest where she was all excited to talk to the boys in her Hebrew school class about video games. And they're like, Oh, well we just play fighting games. And she's like, well, there's oh. fighting in fantasy life. She's like, oh, no, that doesn't count. That's not that's not the kind of fighting we mean. And I, mm. I assume they mean Halo because apparently every eight-year-old plays Halo. <laughs> I, I've learned over the past year, apparently every eight-year-old boy plays Halo. But wow. so, yeah, it was it was kind of – and I, I had to have a conversation with her. I'm like, look, I, don't worry about what they are talking about. And you just play the games that you like and it doesn't really matter what they like. And, you know, we'll we'll play games and you don't need to impress them. Steve, but. I will give you $10,000 to let me go to your Hebrew school with your daughter and talk to those boys. I will set them straight. <laughs> I would we love will. to see yeah. that, actually. The yeah. problem is that it's at 830 in the morning, and I don't think you'd want to wake up that early. I, I, uh, you make time. <laughs> she could stay like up this. all night and, yeah. like, yeah. power up. I yeah. could. But that was a I really – and I, I knew that that conversation was coming, but I didn't – I guess I figured it was coming around now. Yeah. You were hoping it would wait until at least middle school. Yeah. I feel like that's around when it started for me that, like, yeah. guys started being like, you're not consuming the right content. We're going to police <laughs> your gender. But, of course, they didn't say it that way. And she's put, like, 120 <laughs> hours or so into fantasy life. So it's not like, you know, she's like, this is something that she plays for five minutes and puts down. Like, she's dedicated her life to this thing. So I think that's yeah. so heartbreaking to me, that thought of someone wanting to say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm part of you guys and yeah. having 
everyone else say, well, that doesn't count. I think that that's like, and it happens in, in a lot of different fields and a lot of different things. And I think that that's just such a heartbreaking thing of, of feeling that um, exclusionary, um, you know, I, you're not, it, it doesn't count what you have. It's yeah. just so sad. Yeah. So I said, so I said to her, you know, we're not playing those games yet because you're not, you know, we're not ready to let you let play those games. But if you do want to play those games when you're ready, we can play those games together. But it needs to be because you want to and not because those boys want you to or because you want those boys. Right. To like you. And then so. we'll teach you to kick their butts. <laughs> yeah. Ask her to come over to our house. Like Maddie and I will school her into destroying people at halo i'll be i'll come over every saturday come on let's do this let's do this circle circle strife no get the light rifle like i can't believe eight-year-olds are playing halo like i didn't start playing those games until i was in high school yeah and i mean it's rated c now but it was rated m up until halo up through halo i know it's like a serious game people die bad things happen yeah it's i i don't i i'm blown away there was a kid that was maybe that age that came dressed in like a full-on master chief costume wow Halloween. a tiny master chief a tiny master chief it that was... sounds pretty adorable i'm turning around on it okay cool 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 yeah eight-year-olds play halo i'm good with it yeah. it sounds great anyway so sorry i didn't mean to derail no with my that was a really story, interesting but... story yeah. and a really sad story yeah but god <laughs> halo is not don't let your eight-year-old play halo <laughs> if you're listening to this show Maybe you can sit with them yeah. and play multiplayer with them. But Halo 5 doesn't even have split-screen co-op for mm-hmm. the campaign, right? No, no it doesn't. <laughs> but, okay. how do you, but how do you feel about it, Bray? Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers for the entire next segment. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's, I think let's, we just got to the end of the show yeah. really, really quickly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Review. It's crap. No, no. Tell, tell us what's, yeah, what's so, bad so about what is, it. Yeah, so what's, what, why don't you like Halo? Well, let's, let's introduce the second. Sure, go ahead. So Halo so. 5 came out. Uh, Halo Brie, 5 go ahead, came no. out. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Halo 5 came out. It doesn't have split screen. Um, Cortana's not in it until the very end. Yep. That's but all it, I know about it. But it runs at 60 frames per second because they mm-hmm. apparently do something dynamic with the resolution to change the di- the resolution dynamically to keep it running at 60 frames per second, which is... Yeah, I got yeah. a lot to say about that. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's a technical, technical marvel. Um, I'd say, like, um, yeah, I played a lot of Destiny. Um, and it's amazing to me how much I don't care about Halo. Not that I've ever really cared, but like compared to Destiny, Halo 5 is garbage. It is so stupid. You're just shooting stuff and there's no sense of progression and the characters are weak and they have Nathan Fillion as a main character there and you still can't care about him and they're just recycling the same old guns and the same old enemies and it's just crap. It's garbage. It's pretty. But I, I want to be really clear. Don't buy this game. And I'm very sorry, Nicole Tanner's husband, who I know works a lot of crunch on these games and all past Halo games. And I know, like, no disrespect to the team. But I, it's just like the embodiment of everything that's wrong with the first-person shooter at this point. It's it's repetitive. I don't see any innovation there. And honestly, like, Destiny is doing everything in that game a billion times better. And I just, I really wish I had my $60 back. So, wow. That's yeah. really sad. I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't as big of a fan of Halo 4, and I thought that perhaps it was because 343 Industries just doesn't really, I don't know. I, it didn't feel like Halo to me, which I think I said on this show like ages ago. Yeah. And I, I sort of, I mean, obviously Destiny is Bungie. So, would you say that Destiny feels 
more like Halo? Well, I feel like with Destiny, there's a point, right? Like, it's not just my friendships and my clan, but everything I do there is building up a character for a story and an experience that I'm going to have over a decade, right? So it's not like I didn't just go shoot a bunch of... um you know, creatures in the face, I'm working to level up my character so I can stay competitive over the next decade, right? With Halo, it just feels like I'm right back to this, oh, it's puzzle-based combat. Oh, I'm in a really pretty spaceship and I'm shooting stuff. And it just, it feels increasingly like there's no point. So so it, basically it's that you know that you're in, it, it's like you have an investment in Destiny where yeah. you don't, you know that, Halo 5 is going to be more of like a self-contained thing that eventually is just going to run out after a couple of DLC packs. And then it's so does it feel it feels almost like you're wasting time in Halo 5? That you yeah, spending exactly, in because the narrative can't cover it. The narrative is 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 just simply not good enough. I think it's very telling. You know, I bought this game because you, know, you can play as women in the, the multiplayer. But the the, you know, Master Chief is not the protagonist this time around. And you're right back to playing as like this faceless personality dude again and you know the story like go read every single review and it just it, it blasts the story and for mm-hmm. good reason it's it's yeah. not good um i do want to talk a bit about the technical merits of this game there's a, a really fantastic video that john syracuse linked to um it was kind of looking so what they did with this game is they prioritize 60 frames per second over everything so what they did is they dynamically adjusted everything in the game to make absolutely sure the game was constantly running at 60 frames per second. And I have to say, as you're playing it, it feels silky smooth. It feels great. 60 frames per second is one of these things that um, it feels it feels great to you, even if you don't know it feels great or can't like tell you why. Um, it's really interesting because like uh, a Mario game, they use this as the example where Mario might be running up a hill. And yeah, you'll have a thwomp or a few Goombas, but you know, generally speaking, it's predictable in a computational sense, right? What makes Halo a much different use case, especially multiplayer, is you know you can have two people on screen, you could have one person on screen, you could have eight people on screen, all firing rocket launchers with very heavy particle effects, right? So it's um, it's it's predict it's not predictable in the computational sense that you don't know what the highs and the lows are. So to make it run constantly at 60 frames per second, they, you know, all games do these tricks like LOD, level of detail, having, you know, uh, less sharp textures further away and very high resolution textures up close. But they also, um, you know, dynamically adjust um, things like particle effects. Uh, the flame effects in this game are not super convincing. And a lot of geometry kind of pops in as you're running through the landscape. Like you'll be walking forward, then boom, it's just like there and you wouldn't have seen it before. So, you know, the bottom line is they, as a engineering choice, decide to make uh, that frame rate you know, the, the highest mission priority. It plays silky smooth, but, you know, visually speaking, this game is not, I, I think Destiny's a better looking game, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, Maddie, you're talking about the lack of split screen. That's another yeah. thing that went to go from this, oh, which yeah. is frustrating because I'd love to play, uh, you know, Firefight with my husband. Um, so yeah. it's, um, I have to say, like, um, to me, it's it's just so shocking 
because um, and you know Crystal Dynamics said I could I could say this. So right now I am playing through Tomb Raider. I have a bunch of interviews I'm doing with the Tomb Raider team, and you know the day the Tomb Raider the day before Tomb Raider comes out, I'm going to have a piece on Polygon probably right beside the review. I can't say anything about it, but I can say you know. And I'm only talking about Tomb Raider 2013 now. If you compare Tomb Raider 2013 to Halo, you know, these are two, like, from now on, that kind of Tomb Raider formula is going to be kind of a, you know, it's a flagship of Xbox. And, you know, I think it's very interesting to look at and see what, you know, a series with, um, you know, uh, very famously uh, a woman character is doing and then kind of compare it to Halo, which is you know, more of the same. And I think that's a, a really stark difference in these two experiences. Yeah, that's really too bad. Yeah, I was, I was hoping that it was going to be, you know, Halo 3 is my fave, but I was, I was hoping that they were yeah. going to do well for it. I don't, I don't actually play Halo, though, for the story. Like, I don't actually play the game. I r- truly... You dig the multiplayer? Play multiplayer, and I will play that exclusive. So, is the multiplayer though um, really fun, or does that also suffer? Um, it's more of the same. It's it's more of the same. If you like that um, before, you'll like it here. I just find it a lot more rewarding in Destiny and the Crucible. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're going to spend that time playing a multiplayer match, and you can either get something that's going to be improving your character, or or not, then that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's you get these things, and yeah, you might want to just continue doing it, but you have to get through this story content and participate with your friends in something that is epic and few and huge and fun. So it's like you go through the Crucible and Destiny, and you get like legendary marks to get like really cool weapons and armor. Right. It's all like in the service of this greater experience here. Like when you walk away from Halo, yeah, you're going to get some cards that are going to have some more perks, you know, a lot of them cosmetic. But are you really building towards something that's new? Um, you know, and clearly there are a lot of people that love Halo. There are a lot of people that love it. I'm admittedly not the audience for it. But I just, you know, this is my stop with this franchise. I just, I, I'm utterly not interested in anything they made. That's fair. That's fair. I I was really debating buying it because I I didn't really like Halo Four that much, and yeah, after seeing the reviews for this, like the main things I would want it for are split screen and having a story that, while corny, might still be kind of fun and exciting. But without that, I see no point, honestly. Yeah, yeah I mean, you just get to the point with the franchise. Like, how many times are you going to do kind of the same thing? And I mean, it's. You know, I mean, it's it's basically it's Halo on an Xbox One is, is you know, but the, it's the sad because like there are interesting stories that you could tell within the Halo universe. Like Definitely. it's not like it's impossible to write a campaign for that world that's compelling, but no one did, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, I mean I'm cool. looking forward to Halo Wars 2 more for that. I'm probably the only person who liked Halo Wars. Hmm. I didn't check it out. I did like Halo ODST, though. Which is another like spinoff one? Because I was like a huge Age of Empires nerd, you know, ten years ago, and I I ate up Halo Wars when it came out, and I'm so and that actually I remember. I, mean, I don't remember. I couldn't tell you anything that happened, but I seem to remember it having a decent story to it too. Hmm. So you know, uh, more is like Halo. If Halo Wars was like the real time strategy version, yeah, of yeah, Halo. I'm remembering now. That's probably why I didn't check it out at the time. Yeah, but, and it was yeah. Ensemble who did it. It was one of Ensemble Studios' last games who did Age of Empires. 
So that's right. why I was interested in it. It was, you know, for a console-based real-time strategy game, it was pretty good. But yeah, I, I, I didn't have any interest in Halo before. I super don't have any interest now. But um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a thought, though, because it looks like, and we were talking about this right before the show, uh, Maddie, but I'm, so I'm probably buying an Xbox this weekend. An Xbox One. An you Xbox mean. One. You're going to buy an original Xbox I'm going to buy weekend. an original Xbox, and I'm going to lift it over my head and get really ripped. Wow. <laughs> cool. Um, but their, Best Buy is doing a deal. It'll be over by the time this, this airs, but and I'm sure a lot of other places are going to mirror it, where they're doing the the console with a free game under $59.99 and a $50, um, $50 gift card. Ooh. So that's enough for a second controller on top of it. So I was hoping to be oh, able to get Steve, Rock Band 4. I have a ton of Xbox One games. If you want to, like, I'll, I'll lend you my entire back catalog. Oh, that'd be awesome. Be like on the road forever. Yeah, yeah. and I want to <laughs> prioritize whatever we want to talk about for Game of the Year, too, because I want to yeah, take that time to catch good. up for it. Sounds but, good. But oh, obviously, Forza. Forza. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can play it. So I can actually play that now, and we can talk about that oh, um, for awesome. Game of the Year. Sounds great. Um, but I, obviously, I want to play Tomb Raider first. I'm going to get the Tomb Raider bundle, unless... Unless I can do it with the one that has Rare Replay and Oni in the Blind Forest, and then I'll just get Tomb Raider as the free game. But I wish I could tell yeah. you if it's a game you should get, but unfortunately I've signed an NDA, and I cannot tell you that information. I figure it'll be a better use of my money than anything else that I would probably get, so... Um, I, I'm willing to, t- I'm willing to uh, you know, just kind of trust in the the pedigree of the series we'll put it that all way. right all right yep. maddie can i can i say something about this because this is the first time i've had to play a game under deadline to get something done and mm. I'm, I'm not making any comment here anyway about the quality of the game but i am saying the experience of when you have to sit down and you have to get through a game and you have to get through certain parts of it to do your job really pollutes the experience oh, yeah. in a way I was not expecting. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because I Absolutely. used to, I used to, and again, I'm not talking about Tomb Raider, but like other games, I, w- I would play that in the evening. It would be an enjoyment. And it's a very different experience when it's like, oh, crap, I've got to get through A, B, and C tomorrow to talk to Rihanna Pratchett about in an interview, right? It's just, it's really, it's it's kind of terrible. I would say, like, if you, if you like <laughs> yes, games, don't, I, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, I, I don't, it's real bad. It's, like, the worst possible way to experience games, and yet it is the way that I've experienced so many games over the course of the past decade of my life, and so now it just seems normal to me, so it's, like, this is how a game is. I I get the code. No one else knows that I have the code. I play the game alone before a certain day, and then I finally get to reveal what happened in it. It's it's like the weirdest possible way to engage with media, and yet I now consider it completely normal. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Yeah, it's real weird. I think the worst part about it is when you get stuck and you can't talk to anybody about <laughs> what's what you're stuck There's on. That no, there's nowhere to it's find horrible out how to because get out of it. because. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, not to bring this up, but the, like, highly controversial Game Journal Pros Google group in which I once was a part, um, in which nothing but collusion happened. Honestly, like, 95% of the posts in that group were people saying... I have an embargoed copy of whatever game, and here's the level I'm stuck on. And then all the other journalists in the group, all of whom also had the same embargoes, 
would pipe up and be like, oh, here's how you get past it. Like that was the primary function of that Google group. It was like the least romantic form of collusion <laughs> ever. And yet like that group became this massive controversy. Um, but anyway, I, I kind of like that was like the only thing about the group getting deleted that I was like, this is going to really suck for all of us because now what are we going to do every time we get stuck in a game? We're going to have to like privately message our other journalist friends. And I have done that. I've been like, hey, so like... Like, uh, how are you doing at this this one level? Like, are you reviewing this? Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I've always that wondered is, about that because I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've been like, I've you know, I, I always at some point get stuck. And of course, like, and you Google it and right? you Google it and you go or you go to GameFAQs or right. look up a video on YouTube and you get past it. And it's like I've always kind of been. You know, I took a stab at game reviewing like 15 years ago, and then I get I gave up before I got went anywhere with it because it's like, what what the hell do you do when you're stuck? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you, what do you do now? You just you know give up? I mean, you can't. So you, you can't just keep running into the same wall over 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 and over again for like six hours. Like yeah. you can't. Say, like, one of my yeah. favorite parts of this, and okay, so. I, I, I hope this isn't breaking NDA, but I can confirm there's a multiplayer mode in the new Tomb Raider, okay? That is that exists, and there's a score. There's a score to this multiplayer mode, and it's so awesome to play a game and go like, I'm the number one in the world! <laughs> oh my god, yeah. That is it's definitely great. true. Like, Just put like, your initials at the top of the leaderboard, yeah. <laughs> are you also in the situation where there's like almost nobody else on the multiplayer servers? Because that's always... I mean, you can't say, but I, I remember when I was actually reviewing Tomb Raider, the first one, that was what the multiplayer servers were like when I was reviewing it was like, just barely anyone was there. So it was easy, I guess. It was like really weird. And so, so back then I remember a lot of people wrote that they weren't going to talk about the multiplayer in their review because they were like, I can't really review this. And the reason was because there just like, wasn't really anything to do like it was it was really hard to tell what the game the game's multiplayer was going to be like and that happens a lot with this stuff is that you just can't review the multiplayer and and sometimes they let you do like a separate multiplayer review like a week after like that happens a lot with call of duty and halo like a lot of reviewers will do it that way because it's just impossible you can't know <laughs> anything <laughs> about like the mechanics that will emerge until you've seen them un unfolding in the in the real world Plus, all games journalists are terrible at video games. That's yeah. that's a secret. Well, that's that's common knowledge. It's actually like a pretty common joke, is that like games journalists are good writers, but like n not good at video games, and like a lot of them just like video games and and like aren't good at them. So that's why so many of the conversations <laughs> between games journalists are like entirely like, oh god, like how do I beat this? <laughs> anyway, it's all uh, very unromantic stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, well we're. we're you know, well, I'm sure we have lots of people quitting their jobs to go into James for journalism as we oh, speak. Don't, so, don't yeah, run. I hope yeah. so. <laughs> All right. So, should we? Uh, do, do you have anything yeah. else you want to say about Halo, Brie, or should we go on to what we're playing? Don't buy it. Okay. <laughs> don't buy it. Buy anything right. else. I I'm sorry. This is my stop, guys. Brie's yeah. like one go star. Buy Forza. One go star. Buy Forza. Yeah. Look, it's uh, it's not a game for me. It's not a game I'm interested in. I mean, I cool. saw I saw the trailer and I was just like, okay, it's shoot, people shooting people in the face again, like, yay, you yeah. Know. I I did. Simone talked me into getting the new Call of Duty though, so we'll see how that goes. All right, so so Georgia, what what have you been playing this week? Okay, I'm really excited because the Room Three is out, and it's a puzzle game 
where it has beautiful graphics and you have to figure out all these different puzzles by going into different areas of this room and fitting pieces in. And it's really smart, but it's not one of these puzzle games where you're going to feel really, really frustrated. Um, the graphics are fluid and beautifully rendered and they're smooth looking. And um, and then if you, you're stuck, it gives you one hint that's just a really vague hint. And then, you know, after 10 minutes, it'll give you another hint. And so it's it's graded to your difficulty level. You're never going to be overly frustrated with it. Um, it takes some brains to get through it. And it's a lot of fun and a little bit spooky. So it's perfect for the post-Halloween season. Um, and so that is out right now. Awesome. Uh, so, Bree, what are you playing this week? Okay. Um, well, I'm playing Tomb Raider, which I cannot say anything about that pro or con. Um, I did start Assassin's Creed uh, Syndicate or whatever the, the newest one is with Eevee in it. I only played about an hour of it. It's it's um, it's more Assassin's Creed. Uh, Eevee doesn't seem super well written to me, uh, but Simone swears by it. So I'm going to get a little bit deeper into it and uh, see how, how that goes. Um, there's a cat simulator out. Uh, it's called uh, Nico <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, Nico Atsume. Yeah. Oh my God, guys! Simulator. I don't even like cats. It's a cat I do simulator? not like cats. Yeah, cat this is the game that Tiffany Armand was telling us about when she yes. was on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, really you're right. yeah. addicting. It's really, 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 really addicting. What's it called? Nico Atsume. Yeah. Oh God, I don't know how to spell that. It's a cat simulator. Just search, just search the internet for the cat game and you'll find yeah, it. Yeah, the cat game. Um, <laughs> so I've been playing that. Okay, this is... I should not admit to this on this show because I, ta- I was thinking about tweeting this and Frank goes... Don't don't tweet that, Brianna. Gamergate will use that and attack you with it. But I'm going to tell everyone I symmetric <laughs> so you're about gonna, it. So you're going to say it here. Right. So there is a there is a game called Wethphones. It's like a, a portmanteau of weapons and phones. Okay. So what it is, is there's some gun enthusiast out there that's made amazingly detailed simulations of guns. So if you have a clock, like you have to push the cartridge eject and like push it down in a certain way and like load the gun. It's like a, a loading, firing, all of that simulator. Because like in the movies, you get a gun and it's just like, bang, bang, you're dead. Um, Frank and I, as we do so many times, like we perverted Disney Infinity into a deathmatch <laughs> game. Uh, Peggle, like the original creators, like I've talked to them about the way Frank and I play this game, and they're like, "Whoa, um, <laughs> we have we have taken Wethphones and perverted it into a terrible, terrible game." So there's a revolver. There's a revolver in this game. And Frank and I have learned, like, you can open up the revolver and put a bullet in and spin the chamber and then play Russian roulette. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew this is where you were going with this as soon as you said there was a revolver. Playing Russian roulette with your... Oh, my God. Playing with Frank is so much fun because, <laughs> like, you'll load it and you'll go, like, okay, you want to spin the chamber? And then he'll spin it. And then it's like, you want to pull the trigger first? I'll do it. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Click, click. Boom! And, and it's like roaring laughter every single time. So I enthusiastically endorse this game, though I don't enthusiastically endorse American gun culture. But this is this is a lot of fun. So that's uh, what I've been playing this week. That, that is the most Brianna Wu what we're playing ever, I think. <laughs> you try it, Steve. I, like, play it with your daughters. Play Russian. Maureen and I just played co-op daughter. Hearthstone. That was enough. Like the, okay. We don't need to play Russian roulette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Maddie, what are you playing this week? 
Um, okay, so I just wanted to give a little shout out to this game, Sibel, that Nina Freeman made. And I haven't finished it yet, but uh, it came out this week and it's it's super good. And I talked about it like several shows ago because I, I played some of it at XOXO. Um, and it's this game about like meeting a guy online and like developing this relationship with them. And there's been like a ton of articles, none of which I've read because I don't want to be spoiled, but like all my favorite writers have been writing about this game so like i'm very excited to check it out and there have been like a lot of people like mostly women talking about the game being like oh my god this is like the game that talks about what it's like to be a teen girl and like meeting people online and stuff and so yeah it's really great so far and um yeah so i just wanted to let our listeners know that it was out because i figure it'll be of interest to them that's it for me okay what about you, Steve? Well, so I pl- I started playing this game called uh, Mushroom Eleven. Oh my god! I play that. That I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but that was like one of my recommended judgment games for Boston Fig. It was like the one that I didn't give a scathing review to. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it was a Boston Fig. I didn't see it there. Yeah, like, I saw all. it there. I saw it there, and I was like, yeah. I was responsible for putting this game on the show floor, and it's. I really liked it. Is it good? Is it's the final real, build it's, good? It's pretty good. I, I have to. I have to kind of be in the right headspace for it, but yeah, I remember it being really hard. Too. Yeah. It's, it takes a little bit of getting used to just because the control scheme is so different. So the, the idea is that it's, you know, sometime after the apocalypse and you're controlling this big blob basically, which is a mushroom. sentient mushroom. Yeah. And the only way that you can control the mushroom is by deleting parts of it. And when you take away part of it, then something else grows on another part of it. So, you're kind of you the you they teach you how to move it first by like using a a wide brush and like deleting a bunch from the left to get it to go to the right and then you end up like kind of pushing it through some narrow passageways to kind of squirt it out the other side and then eventually yeah. you get to you get to this point where you're like trying to cross gaps and you have to kind of craft it to get it to grow in such a way that you can eventually cut it in half and have enough of it not fall off that you can delete the rest of it and kind of get it to grow on the other side. Um, it's it's difficult to get the hang of just because the control scheme is so different from anything I've ever played. But I was playing it on Halloween. I, I don't go out trick-or-treating with the kids. I stay home and hand out the candy, which is terrible for my ADD because kids are ringing the doorbell every five minutes. So I kind of needed something a little bit zen to calm down from that. And this was really good because it's it gets you to a point where you really have to kind of slow down once you get into the lower the later levels and kind of very carefully sculpt where you're going to delete from to try to get it ever so slightly to move in the direction that you want it to move and kind of watch the weight of it. I, it's really, really interesting. If, if you should, It's kind of hard to describe without looking at a video, but if it, that sounds interesting to you at all, I would absolutely check it out because it's really a very interesting and different game than I've played. Uh, it almost becomes like a puzzle platformer after a while. Yeah, that's how I would describe it. Yeah. But it, it doesn't use the same mechanics as any other puzzle platformer I've ever played. And goodness knows I'm very critical of puzzle platformers. Yeah, yeah it's very, very unique. And, yeah. and in a good way like it yeah it's a lot of times when they're unique games it's like well nobody's ever tried this before for a reason but like <laughs> yeah. th- this one this one is actually works pretty well yeah i mean like it's nothing like portal but like yeah i feel like that's the only other comparison that i could make because it's another example of a game yeah. that's using a very weird mechanic you know what i mean yeah anyway, it, it's kind of like something that's almost familiar but not quite but it's just different enough that it's completely different yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so that, and I've been playing through Mega Man X in the mornings, um, on the, on the bike. Cause I realized I've never actually played through it all the way through. So 
I've been doing that, and I still don't like it as much as the NES games, but I'm I'm willing to take back some of the more hateful things that I've said about <laughs> about Mega Man X in the past. So I'm uh, I'm understanding Mega Man X a little bit more than I have. Um, we have a bunch of uh, housekeeping stuff that we need to clear out from the last two weeks. We have a couple of follow up things. One that the um, the EFF uh, ruling that we had talked about a while a while back about to be able to retrofit uh multiplayer games to remove the multiplayer component uh multiplayer server component came back that that is going to be allowed so that's going to be a really good thing for uh for game preservation um so you can go back and and listen to that i don't think we need to talk anymore about that about except for yay but um (laughs) (laughs) uh the cctv america um videos that that brie you and matt and maddie that you were both on went live yeah as well, and right? they interviewed a third woman uh competitive gamer as well so they have like a competitive gamer and and brie talking about game development and me talking about journalism which was really cool though i didn't appreciate all the harassment all of us got all week yeah that's the... that really sucked <laughs> but yeah it's whatever not much fun is it maddie <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hey, you know, that's every week of my life these days, but I did. I was sorry to see you targeted so much. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. I, it's, it's that video making fun of you was just, oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Although kind of flattering because, like, think about how many times they had to like watch the original interview of me in order to make a supercut of me. Yeah. Mm. So I, I hope that guy learned something. <laughs> <laughs> That was like my alternative appraisal to like feel good about that situation. Anyway, um, people should watch the original interviews because they're pretty good. Don't watch any supercuts. Was was mine good? I can't. Yeah, watch Yeah, I on liked camera, all of them. So never, oh, I didn't I've watch mine. <laughs> yeah. d- d- rest assured, I did not watch my own interview. Yeah, I've been told by others that it's an enjoyable watch. All right, and then uh, and then Georgia, you were on with Micah Sargent on on Newsy this yeah. week or last week, right? Yeah, last week, and uh, we spoke about like all the Igate scandals and tribalism and uh, why people get so upset over uh, stuff and groups and belonging. And he did a really amazing job cutting uh, together and making it really uh, interesting what we spoke about. It's really beautiful, so I'm really proud of that. And I was on Tech News Tonight talking about Gamergate, and um, people... Gamergators really loved me speaking about it. I uh, got a lot of positive uh, messages from them. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. All right. All right. <laughs> Anything else anyone wants to plug before we uh, let these people go? Yeah, I finally got invited on This Week in Tech. Uh, oh, awesome. Leo Laporte uh, last weekend. I really appreciate that. While you were getting freaked out by uh, trick-or-treaters, Steve, I was recording <laughs> that. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds like a much better use of your time than what I was doing. So I think that will do it for us for this week. So uh, as always, you can find the show notes for the show and every show at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. You can um, rate and review the show on iTunes. We appreciate that a lot. And you can um, send us feedback to the show via feedback via email at feedback at isometricshow.com. Make sure to get the Relay FM app in the App Store if you are uh, someone who uses an iPhone so that you can – Be alerted when we are recording. You can come listen to us live. Um, And as always, you can find all of us on Twitter. The show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good. And Brie, where can people find you? Space Cat Gal. And Maddie? Samus Clone. And Georgia? At Georgia underscore Dow and anxiety-videos.com. So uh, thank you, as always, for listening. And thank you for Braintree for sponsoring the episode. And Isometric Workers, transform and roll out. (laughs) 